0: Welcome to the Coach's Corner Podcast. This is episode 10. Um, It's Brian, Coach Mo. What up? Uh, In this episode, we're going to talk about turning losses into lessons. And so if you want to help players be their best, help your player cope with losing and make more resilient players, um, this is the episode for you. Um, really, we really want to focus on the lessons that there are in losing, uh, basketball games, because there's a ton of loss. There's a ton of lessons in those losses. And so we're going to do a little bit of housekeeping to talk about our, our, our last camp. Um, and then we're going to talk about, we're going to define when we talk about ducking the smoke, we say that a lot, but I want to define what ducking the smoke is. And then we're going to talk about the importance of losing and developing players. And then we're going to do a breakout and talk about, how to turn those losses in the lessons. And as a bonus, coach Mo is going to talk, give you the coach's perspective on reviewing game time footage. Uh, as a parent, how you can sit down, if you have access to the videotape, um, how you can help review footage with the kid and then incorporate the coach's feedback. And, Finally, we're going to talk about how the concept of building better players is an entire process. It's not just an event. It's a process. So that's what we got. Um, we're going to roll the intro, and then we'll get back to you guys in a moment. Peace. Welcome back, y'all. So uh, first things first, uh, Coach Mo is an expert um, coach in the terms of um, he's an assistant coach at Bellevue West, the defending reigning state champions, um, has decades of experience developing basketball players, is and is one of the only certified uh, speed and agility coaches in the Omaha metro area. And so that's uh, Coach Mo's unique skill set. Anything else you want to add to that, Coach Mo? Um,
1: yeah, it's been around the game for a while. Um, youth sports um, yeah, at a young age, uh, up middle school, high school, also um, got to certify myself, uh, Get myself certified in resistance band training um, and um, just try to stay updated on the new trends uh, as athletes get more, um, you know, more advanced they're bigger, stronger, faster, you know, every, every five years, uh, try to keep up and stay ahead of those trends. Okay. And so
0: we're going to pivot. We're going to do a little bit of
1: housekeeping here. Um, give you an
0: update, uh, talk about some things we got going on. So uh, this past weekend, we just did our dynamic handles camp. Um, It was really good a lot of very positive feedback from the kids that participated. We got a lot of kids that were excited about it. Um, I'm working on uh, getting the videos edited. I posted one yesterday to Facebook that shows a couple of more advanced kind of drills to help kids get separation. Um, And I'm kind of compiling the little kid learn to dribble stuff Uh, into one master cut so that um, you have some drills to work on. So that's something I'm working on right now. Um, But we got a lot of solid feedback. I think we're going to roll it again. Um, We're trying to figure out how to do it virtually. Um, Because we'll be frank with you guys. One of the things that uh, in the time of COVID, um, you know, is trying to to coordinate kids, (laughs) get kids to comply with, the social distancing and the masks and stuff. And there's no, you know, kids are going to be kids and that's where we're at with it. And so what we're going to do is we're probably going to do a smaller group. Um, if you want to get in there, it's going to, it might, it, you know, if you want to get in there, you got to contact us, but it's going to be a smaller group. Um, and we're going to do a lot more virtual stuff and uh, we're going to figure out how to do it virtually. Um, so that we have. Uh, so we're able to broadcast it and record the broadcast so we can roll it uh, at a later date but that's really um, you know it was a fantastic camp we worked on we got some kids we got some younger ones that were had no experience right Mo?
1: Yeah they had they were they were they were coming from maybe picking up a basketball once and like this was we actually had we had a kid that had none none experience and at the end of that end of their day was like halfway through was looked like they had been you know at least dribbling for a couple of weeks which I was very proud of and shout out shout out to him and that kid actually came to our basketball academy on Wednesday so it lets you know that um, that was you know building we were talking about building the base that was kind of building the base for bigger, bigger and better things.
0: And so instead of going in, you know, and most people, you know, it's a, it's a marketing thing, most people, when they have one successful thing, they try to start creating the next one instead of perfecting the one that they just rolled. We're gonna perfect this uh, because we feel like it's a tremendous value, combining the speed and agility work that Coach Mola has spent years honing and combining it with basketball uh, footwork and stuff like that. And so we're gonna keep maximizing this. And so this is gonna be an ongoing thing. We've got interest on when our next camp is or whatnot. And so we're planning out the logistics of that and we'll be back at you with the update about that. Um, We're gonna be posting an update uh, regarding uh, Jeremiah. Uh, We've had, he's had some tremendous progress in the last couple of weeks. And so uh, we got an update from the family. And so we'll be posting that on the Facebook page as well um we got our first tournament coming up we're really excited about that um you know it it, it's a team that we've we've had history with and we played before so our kids are really excited to get out there and play uh they haven't had uh they've had limited opportunities to get out there and play with the covid thing and so um they are excited to get out there if you want to come out and support us they're not going to let you in the building without a mask
1: yep Yeah, you got to get in the build with the mask. Why are you there? you have the mask. The players on the bench have to wear a mask. When they're in a game, they don't have to. I have to do one as coach. I think the only ones that doesn't have it is the refs. Um, And so we're going to check you out. It's our CMA, also our academy eighth grade team, and our seventh grade team that are playing uh, starting tomorrow night. Um, And then all the way through the weekend, and so um, 7.30 and 9.30 for our 8th grade team, 5.30 on Friday for our um, 7th grade team, they're all at Bellevue East, and then we have a Saturday at 1 o'clock for our 8th grade team. Um, That. You know, I'm going to call it now that's for the title game and then a Sunday at 9 and a championship game for the 7 bidders at 5 on Sunday. So, I'll um, we'll, we'll also be posting that into our group page and our main page as well if you have any questions. And, y'all, here's the thing. Um,
0: I do want to put it out there because I know because, you know, I'm in a lot of different groups. I, I'm a business owner and so I interact with a lot of different people. Um, here's the thing. The mask thing is not an us thing. And so, you know, you can want to rebel against it and be the rebel. They will not let you in the building.
1: And And these are the tournament directors. These are the tournament directors. These are, you know, and if you're in our area here in Omaha, we know that some schools won't even, that's why we're, you know, some schools won't even open without this stuff. And so we're just going off of what's going to get the kids back on the court as safely as possible.
0: And here's the thing, even... You know, the tournament directors to have to answer to state officials who have to. I mean, they have to answer school board. They have to answer because specifically where we're at. They got to answer the school board who answers to the state. And so there's a lot of other pieces on play. So it's not just a you versus them thing. It's just how it is. And so if you don't want to wear a mask, you might have to miss this one. Um, and this kind of goes out to the parents, too. You know, if you have somebody in your family that is stridently against it is it, they're not even debating it they put it in the rules
1: <laughs> like that, that that's, so we just got to keep it we got to be that transparent on it but, yeah and shout out shout out to the kids that are playing i know we're gonna get into this but uh this is a personal thing is we got kids that are going to be playing this weekend tomorrow that have done a phenomenal job not just showing up to one practice a week just not showing up like When we post things um, about our total athlete training, as well as basketball academy, as well as our dynamic handles camp, and anything that comes up, um, the kids are invited to that. If they are enrolled, if they are enrolled in those programs, they are invited to those things, and these kids have probably either 100% or either 90% showed up to all these things, and you're going to see a difference between these kids rather than you know than other kids. Again, we go back to whatever a couple episodes ago, like it's it's okay to be, you know, to take your time, have fun in a sense and all that, but I I you know these kids, they have fun competing. They have fun when to be they have fun when they're showing up to the weight training. They're having fun trying to outlift each other, outrun each other when they're doing heels. There's all types of definitions of fun. You know, but it's fun when you get to that next level and you're able to do everything with ease because you put in the work.
0: Right. And so we're going to pivot into that with, we have our total athlete program, which is for all athletes. We have our basketball academy, which is for basketball players. Um, with our basketball training, we literally just reopened the link for one-on-one training. So we're going to be taking one-on-one training. Uh, that's two sessions. I believe it's two sessions a week. Um, and... It's an opportunity to get one-on-one, you know, to work on the fine-tune your game with Coach Mo. Um, the price point is going to reflect the, is, is reflecting a tremendous value that you're getting. Um, as we start adding people, we anticipate that price point's going to go up. So, um, you know, it's one-on-one access to work with Coach Mo. And so that one's available. We have our basketball academy uh classic and then our basketball academy season pass the season pass gives you access to everything we do uh for one fee um and it's a, it's it, you get a whole year of basketball academy plus everything else we do um and we made that price point so that it reflects um you know it's a, it's a, it's at a discount but it gives you a lot of value for what you're getting so um that's what we got um we're gonna jump into our show i think that's all of our housekeeping so oh we're also testing out our we're in the next couple of weeks we talked about it in the next couple of weeks we're going to be rolling out um we have our virtual training which is more like calisthenics weight strength building kind of stuff um we're going to be testing out our virtual basketball training which we're really excited about uh we're, we're entertaining a couple of things but um it's going to give us the ability it's going to give coach the ability to provide basketball workouts that are, um, you know, pretty much vetted by professional players and coaches. Um, you know, and we're going to be able to, to, to roll that out to you. And so we're figuring out what that's all going to look like, but that's going to be hitting you guys in the next couple of weeks. So, um, the training doesn't stop. The work doesn't stop just because we're not face to face,
1: um, update on Jeremiah. Um, he, uh, Jeremiah, as you see on our page, uh, young man has uh, been part of our program, uh, family friend of a lot of us. I was in a really bad car accident about a month ago, about a month ago, maybe three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like you said, we're gonna have the you, you'll see. We'll have some progress on the website, but he is doing well. I, I, I talked to um, talked to a family member yesterday. Um, during his PT, he uh, chose to actually start playing basketball and I started using the basketball and I thought that was pretty cool uh, being that where he was at a few uh, few weeks ago uh, when we didn't, you know, did, didn't seem like he had the brightest outcome, but it's getting better. Um, I heard he is Snapchatting, <laughs> Snapchatting. Um, and he, he does remember some people on Snap and so um, we're just going to keep updating his progress, but remember you can still Donate. The donations go to the family um, and just uh, anything that you've donated, any number, amount of number is fine. And we appreciate the ones that have done it before. Uh, and so does the family. So
0: when we'll be posting the, the update from the family on social media and um, everybody that's going, you know, you, we'll, I'll be sending out an email to kind of update you on the status, too, because um, we want to get in contact with you. If you have donated, we want to send you a thank you. And um, so we'll be sending those via email but um that's all the housekeeping we got for today uh we might have something that pops up midstream but we're about to jump right into our show here so we're gonna take a quick pause for the cause and we'll be right back at you okay and we're back so ducking the smoke <laughs> y'all hear us talk about a lot about ducking the smoke um it's something that we've kind of talked about uh, on different episodes we talk about a between us and stuff like that,
1: uh, how would you define ducking the smoke, Coach Mo? Uh, when we're, <clears throat> when I refer to we'll just say any sport in general. Ducking the smoke means uh, ducking a higher level of competition, uh, and what I mean by that is if you know there is a team. Let's just take basketball for instance. Um, they've been playing. They have to the, say they're in the same grade as you are. And you know that you, you can have easily sign up and play that team, and you on purpose make excuses and say, we're going to play three levels down, or we're sick that weekend, or whatever. Just, just so you don't have a loss on your record, or don't get a chance to get that 10-cent medal from the tournament. Okay, and
0: that's one thing we've that's one element we've seen where ducking in the smoke can take the form of that metal chasing thing where you're constantly chasing easy wins it's never a challenge or the moment it starts to get arduous or become more of a challenge all of a sudden oh well now we need to you know you know and it it takes the form many forms well you know you know we it it, it where you're talking to the coach about uh wins and losses and you know I don't know if you know he's getting the, he or she's getting the most out of this experience. Is it because it's a bad fit for the team? Because that does happen. Mm-hmm. We've experienced it. If it's a bad fit for the team, we wish you the best. But if it turns into, well, we lost two games, and because we lost two games um, and we didn't get two medals and these tro- uh, two 10-cent two medals to hang up on the wall, we're questioning the whole process. Um, that's where we're like, eh. Losing is as much part of the game as winning. And there's a lot of adults that do not understand that. Um, And it's pretty sad that there's adults that do not understand um, how important losing is in the process of building uh, a a transformative player, a player that contributes to a team or elevates a team. it's really sad, you know, cause for kids, for a kid, it's one thing. They have a limited life experience. They may have never really experienced a, a loss or they may be early in their sports career or whatnot, but to be a grown person who is ducking smoke because you don't want your kid to feel sad because they lost the game. Um, that's really telling and you're missing out on some very important lessons that actually help kids get better, you know? So, um, uh, Mo, when you see, um, you know, what are some telltale signs of somebody who's ducking the smoke? Like as a parent, who's ducking that, 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 that? I guess it's almost like they're ducking the um, the chance of losing.
1: Right. I, I think it, it starts when, first of all, it's a lot of questions on, let's say, during season, a lot of questions on who you're playing, who you're playing. They start asking what level you're playing it's constant, and it's like, it, it, it's it's kind of like, and you get to a point, like, right now we have an 8th grade team, they're middle school, the, only, the next step for 8th graders is what? Is what next year is, high school. High school. So, I, I guess at some point, when you ask those questions a lot, it starts to become, for me, a coach becomes a concern because, it's like, they're playing other 8th graders who are also going to high school next year. Um, and, yeah... Unless we are we're playing a team that strictly plays basketball, they're playing four hundred games a year, (laughs) you know, and it's strictly basketball. Yeah, you're gonna probably have some tough competition, you know, like there. That's gonna be tough. But that doesn't mean there's not life lessons that can happen into that, like there. But to constantly, constantly ask and be worried about every single tournament, every single week, who you're playing, what level we're playing, where we're playing at. Is that one kid playing? Are they tall? Are they fast? Or then that starts to make me think that you wanna avoid that team and avoid that kind of that challenge.
0: And the thing about it is we wanna talk about you we don't want we don't want kids that run from we don't want kids that get spooked at the prospect like we might lose. Okay, then go out there and don't. Right. Go out there and try not to your heart go out there, try your hardest not to. And if you've tried your hardest and you've laid out everything that you need to lay out, and you executed the way you need to, and you still lose. Then th- there there are elements that we can work on to improve. I mean, that's I guess to me, if you're if you're sitting around sweating, if you're if you're sitting around sweating every win and loss, every single win and loss, and pouring over it like it is the most important thing in the world, at a level where you're you know where you know we're trying to get these kids developed so that when they hit high school, they can swim with the Sharks. Um, if you're pouring over every single loss in a sixth-grade basketball league, um, I think you might be barking up the wrong tree. Now, if the kids are getting blown out every single game and coaches not making adjustments or um, – you know, they get blown out one game and then the next game is a little bit closer and you can actually see development. Um, you know, if they're getting, if it's the same level, then you got to talk to coach and wonder, okay, are, are the kids at the right level to develop? Is this, a, are they swimming out of their depth? That's a different kind con- conversation. But if you're saying, okay, they did really well and then they played this tough team and they took a tough loss and now you're like, well, everything is doomed <laughs> because they took that tough loss. Um, I think that you're not stepping you might not be stepping into this with um, the 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 right perspective is what I will say. So um, that's what we call ducking in the smoke. Mm-hmm. You're trying to avoid competition because you're scared to take a loss. And we don't do that here. <laughs> our kids do play our do our kids do tend to play a level up or if we can play at level um, and that's what we do. And when you do that, when you actually pursue the competition because you know that competition is going to push you to be better, a side effect of that is you're going to take a loss. And if you are avoiding it because you don't want your kid to experience a loss or if you're so invested where you feel like your value as a parent is tied into whether your kid wins or loses uh, a sixth or seventh grade basketball game or um, We need to have a different conversation because, to be honest with you, you may not be the right fit for the program. And it's not just our program. You may not be the right fit for any program that is turning out high school caliber players Um, because any coach will tell you losing is as much a part of the game as winning.
1: Right? I I mean – Here's, here's here's what I what I look at and I've seen over the years. We have athletes that are in our program that are playing at the top level of, you know, state champions, college recruits, those kind of things there. And if you go back and ask those kids, what was your biggest lesson? I can talk, I can pull them up now? I can talk to them now? And their biggest lesson is, I you know what was your biggest thing? It was the games that they lost and they learned from. It was the games that they struggled in. It was the games that they had two points. In the end, they had five turnovers and loss How to get back. Uh, prime example, um, uh, Bell US this year, um, they ended up, and I know this is going to make people a little sore, but, I mean, facts are facts, right? We keep it real here. Um, they ended up getting beat by Miller North in the regular season. Not all the players had the best game. There was a couple of injuries that happened, um, missed shots, those things there, and it was. it looked like doom and gloom to the outside world. Even the championship game, being down in the last few minutes by a lot lot, was doom and gloom for most kids. But they pulled it out and they pulled through. And what happened was that loss early in the year let them know we have to fix some stuff. I don't like this feeling. And since I don't like this feeling and I'm competitive, I'm going to fix that feeling to win and be okay. Okay. And I'm playing the best team that's in front of us, the team that's made it to the same path that we have, and now that I've accomplished that. And at the end of the day, I was the one to get over the hump because I didn't, I didn't run from that smoke in the middle of the year. I didn't sit out that game when we got beat. I didn't, I, I you know, I didn't make an excuse that my ankle was sore when I probably could have just taped it up and played that game. I didn't run from the smoke, and that was the result of. And that to me is a prime example of why not running from the smoke. Also, the the, the self talk. You know, we talk about the the parents doing, it, and it's it's a self talk from the, uh, the the parents. It's like, what what is your goal? And one thing we talk about is having that that initial meeting or just the talk before. Like, what is your goal for the year, for the season? It is your goal to play the best of the best? And if it's not, we go back to different episodes. We go back to to similar like we talked about for years. Is Talk to the coach. Right. Tell them before everything is start, Before you get your uniform, before you get the schedule for your first game, before you, you know, you you have the team in a bind, cause they were counting on you. Hey, I don't know if going up two levels to challenge the best of the best is what I want for my kid. That's all the kid that's all we ask as coaches. You help the players out, you help yourself as a parent to be like, Okay, and that's when your coach can be like either hey, you go to our B team or our second team, right. or maybe maybe we can find you right. a, somewhere to get you you know to help that kid out. But if we don't know as coaches, and you don't have that conversation as a parent, the checking in that Brian says every week, the checking in, we don't know if your kid that wants to smoke, or a kid is going to duck the smoke, or you're a family that's ducking the smoke, or wants to smoke. But we got to let us know because it's unfair to the rest of the team and the players as well.
0: And so, and th- the other side is, um, you know, I know that there are people who um, put a, you know, they have a trophy case and they have a big trophy case in their house. And that is their motivation for playing sports is to win trophies and hoist trophies. We're going to tell you that every trophy doesn't have the same value. And the trophy that comes from Duck in the Smoke is not as well, is not as. Um, Glamorous or as important as a little tiny medal that you earned uh, for playing the, your hardest and coming up a little bit short. So that's what we got. Um, again, we're not with Duck in the Smoke. And if that's the, the person you are where you're moving away from real competition, whether it's internally or externally, um, we might not be the program for you. <laughs> right. What we're saying. Um, and so. Um we're gonna take a pause for the cause and we'll be right back at you um in a moment. Okay, we're back. So the next thing we want to get into and it kind of it kind of what we were talking about kind of dovetails into this um we do need to discuss the importance of in a general sense of losing when it comes to developing players. Um Coach Mo um, How impactful are those lessons after a bad loss?
1: They're, they're huge for a couple reasons. reasons. Um, and some of them are, it's basketball or football or baseball reasons losing the game. Some of it's just, how are you, how are you gonna be able to function uh, with tough times in life, period? Um, we're gonna have, life that's up and down rollercoaster. No, you're not gonna, every day, it's not gonna be perfect. And so when it comes to sports, you don't know. You don't know if it's gonna be your off day from shooting it may be your best day. You don't know if you're gonna get foul trouble. You just don't know. You don't know. And sometimes we lose games. It's part of it. Um The best lesson I had I, uh, my eighth grade team. Now some kids are on that one. They went like undefeated until like sixth grade. This is preschool. They lost one game, and I got to see the character of some of the kids and parents and it was very interesting where you came from a team that's won every single game, and the loss we had was like five points Yep. to a team that travels and plays twice the games that we had, and we were coming out of the YMCA. We were coming out of the YMCA, and we held a team down, and we went and lost in a couple of free throws. It was like a couple of mistakes there, and we kept battling, you know, and I had kids quit. And I had parents quit and those things there, and the lesson... What's supposed to be is if we keep working hard and those kids that stayed, this is good. We're going to end up beating these teams and matching these teams and being being better than them. And we actually did. Actually did the ones that stayed. The ones that left? Yeah, maybe, you know, I I don't know where some of them went. I I don't see them playing at this top-level competition, and that's fine. But no loss should force you to panic. And when you when you panic as a player and as a parent in in, in a game with that, that doesn't you're not playing basketball a long time so it's the shelf life of basketball is pretty short when you think of competitive basketball um, you only got two years of middle school
0: mm-hmm.
1: you have four years of high school that's six years six years goes quick I've been knowing you well over twenty years I, I remember meeting you like it was yesterday time goes fast and so if one, two games in a in a, a six-year span loss doesn't motivate you to continue on, to be better, to get going, to fix it, then there's an issue there. There's an issue there. And so I look at it, the lesson you learn is, how do I get better after that loss?
0: Right. Adversity introduces a person to themselves. Yep. And so um, we're seeing, you know, after that loss, uh, a lot of kids and parents were introduced to themselves Mm -hmm. and they didn't like what they saw and then instead of sitting there and facing themselves in the mirror and saying okay so how can we collectively get better some ran from the reflection in the mirror (laughs) and you know what what did Tretch say no matter where you go there you are Mm -hmm. Um, you know the the poet laureate Tretch from Naughty by Nature Mm -hmm. um, you know that's one of the things that um, people spend a lot of time running from themselves and who they are especially when they don't see the reflection that they like. Um, and so you're faced with two options. Either you're going to try to make a better image of yourself and make a better version of yourself, or you're going to run. But at the end of the day, you're still stuck with yourself. That's what we encountered with that first, when those kids lost the first games, um, and the parents, the ones that took off, didn't help themselves, they didn't do a service to their kids either. Um, we're gonna keep it a hundred percent. They didn't do any service to their kids. They didn't do any favors to those children by allowing those children to run away from the reality of what it was that they needed to get better. And the ones that ran are still. They haven't stopped. Uh, some of them still haven't found a home. Some of them planted their feet and said, "We're gonna get better here. I'm gonna I'm put down the stake here, and we're gonna get better." And move forward, and others are still looking for the answer when the answer is in the mirror.
1: And, and like I said, the time is short. Yeah. So you can keep looking and keep looking and keep looking, and then one day you're gonna wake up and you're gonna be in 12th grade.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> or one day you're gonna wake up in 12th grade, or you're gonna be, uh, you know, you're gonna start hitting your 20s, and then you're gonna, your knees are gonna do something weird. Mm-hmm. You're gonna start waking up with aches and pains, and you know your best, your your best years to play ball. Were wasted running from the development that you could have had you know and that's I think that's the that's where we're going with it we want uh, our kids and players to really be prepared for the future and maximize the time that they have left because the to- clock is ticking. Um, I will tell you and uh, this it's gonna sound like a shock some of you might be shocked by this most of the players we most of the players that are playing basketball right now, in sixth, seventh, eighth grade will not play college ball. They just won't. They'll play intramurals, which is great. They'll play with their friends. They'll play recreational. They might even get into men's leagues or women's leagues and run, uh, with some former college players or professional level players. But most of them will not be able to get transition on to expand that career past 12th grade playing uniform, uh, ball together uh, on a team uh, in an organized fashion. Um, you know, some will, will they may not make it, but they're gonna by force of will and ability is what I'm saying. By force of will and ability, they may be able to extend their careers and be able to create something that is m- magical and beautiful and they're on the G League and then the, they go from the G League and work their way up to an NBA roster or they go overseas and create a fantastic, wonderful, a vibrant career for themselves, um, but a lot won't. You have a limited amount of time to get better. <laughs> yep. that's. I think that's the entire crux of what we're saying. There's a limited amount of time to get better, and if you really want to make that transformation, you cannot waste a season ducking smoke. Even if your team is bad, be the best player on a bad team is more impactful than being an average player on a good team.
1: Well, yeah. Oh yeah, and, it, and that, we've had players, you know, in, in our system, that have went from having assistance and you know to easy, you know, wins to you know two kids move away to another thing, and all of a sudden that kid's back to being the only scorer. The I mean, kid's been the only one that can do it, and I, I'm 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 proud, you know, I'm proud of those kid because they could quit. But they keep they keep fighting, and the lessons they learned was, um, you know, right, this happened to our, our oldest team like a year or two ago, about two years ago. Um, the lesson learned was like we might have lost this tournament, we might have lost this game, but I did my best to get a triple double, and my triple double wasn't me hogging the ball. My triple double was like I try to get ten assists, mm-hmm. I try to make team the kids on our team better, even in a loss. I try to do it. And you remember what game we're talking about. We remember the game, and it started this kind of rivalry, if you call mm-hmm. it. Like, you know, like, they caught it with a certain team. And um, and after that, that team couldn't touch us anymore sure. because that player and the, the player the she on that team was like, okay, I know what I can do in this, and now I'm going to keep leading. I'm going to keep picking myself. I'm not going to quit in the fourth quarter. Um, I can be down, whatever. I'm not looking at the scoreboard. I'm going to keep going, and that player is going to on, go on to be wh- wh- what we b- believe will be one of the top players in the state, if not beyond that, uh, because of these life lessons, because it could have went another way. It could have been, this is too hard. I don't want to do this. Put us back down to the lowest level. I want to be in bronze D. I just want to have fun and not be – don't want any of the smoke. Right. And it could have went that way, which is fine, but don't let a loss – push you there let that be your decision before a game happens
0: and that's where we're going with it i mean there's nothing wrong with being the best player on a bad team i'll be honest with you if you're out there if if we have a kid out there that is busting their tail every single game and you know the other teammates are stepping up despite their best efforts to get their other teams the other teammates to step up and play um we're not mad about that. Matter of fact, that's real development. Yeah. Because when that best player on a bad team goes to a good team, they're going to take that same kind of mentality and elevate the team that they're on. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about transformative players that elevate teams. We're not talking about he goes out and scores all the points or she scores all the points. We're talking about their... They're, they're diving on the floor, getting the rebounds that matter. They're converting points when it counts. They're playing solid, lockdown defense in crunch time. Those are the kids that those are the kids that will fight and claw. And coaches do see that. I think, um, and I want to. It might be a little bit of a tangent, but Coach, well, you can stop me if I'm wrong on this one. I think that there's a myth of visibility in this town, mm-hmm. where you think where where players where parents have kind of been sold this bill of goods, where they put their kid. Um, to be a mediocre player, average player on a great team because they think, well, that now they're going to get more chance to be visible and be seen. And the coaches that are established that no talent that win in this town are able to spot a kid that's kind of, that's ducked the smoke and kind of rolled coattails. And they're not really there ready for, you know, when they get funny when the lights come on. Those pl- coaches are able to define that. They're able to see that versus this kid is a scrapper. That team got, yeah, those, that team got beat. But this one kid is amazing because they are doing all the other things that uh, that, that uh, will elevate a team, a better team or a more talented team. Or even, it's not even, sometimes it's not even better or talented. It's more an uh, older team or a team that's been around each other a little bit more, a more cohesive team. Coaches can see that. Versus, oh, we're going to put our kid on this team because they have great visibility and the kid sits on the bench. Or comes in in garbage time and scores, you know, five or ten points during garbage time. Coaches can see that. And so, am I on to something with this myth of visibility around oh, here?
1: Definitely definitely a myth. Um, we know. We, we know. You, you can tell within a few minutes a kid can play. Uh, we got kids on our team. I guarantee you'll see it this weekend. People know. You don't see any negative things about them on Instagram or these kind of things there because kids know when they see these kids play, they're like, okay, that kid can play. And so they don't say that kid can play and he's on a bad team and so that means he's not that good and, and blah, blah, blah. We don't watch him play. Oh, they're still watching. Right. Coaches are still watching. Referees just when a ref comes up to you in a loss in a game and you're losing that you, and they're like, hey, those three kids right there are giving it their all, right there they're giving it all. Oh,
0: Whatever. by the way, that's our co-host Stewie. Um, <laughs> we're still, you know, we're still uh, on the Ottoman top uh, table, and so um, you know, he, you know, Stewie's gonna Stewie. And so you heard him getting some water. You hear him kind of wandering around and making noise. He's our other co-host. So if you hear him speak up, that means he has a couple of things to put in there.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> Palm of the year. <laughs> of the year. And so, yeah, you, you, if you hear that, that's when you're like, you've made it. And, and I'm going to tie in a little bit of this and you know, this, what we talked about before, and this is you what, 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 we, what we have seen, you know, what we've seen uh, as... Taking an L and being able to get through it, uh, get through it or not, is that's what that's what high school coaches want to see. That's what you know the next level uh, uh, of coaches and high, and college want to see. They want to see how you respond in these times. Right? How do you respond these times? Do you panic? Do you go right to social media and talk about how you don't like the coach? Do you go write to? You know, do you do you do you, do you talk about how it's not your fault? Do you do you quit? Do you walk out? These are the times where you figure out what kind of players you're out, and it's okay, and it's it's absolutely okay if this is what your plan was. If your plan was to play a level down, if your plan was to play less competition, you would have known that from the beginning. We would have known that. But just having one time where it just doesn't work. Doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything. you should be. If you really here's the measurement for me, if you're really okay with the smoke, um, and you lose, you should be very upset after that loss, and then you should be done with it. Usually done with it. If you're okay, you're done with it. Then you're looking like, how do I? What's the next game? How do I move on there? And that because you're competitive at that point. You know, you wanted it, you didn't perform like you wanted to, how do I get better the next time? It's the ones I have a concern about is I was okay with just being on that good team, taking that medal. I'm not okay with that. Or we lost, this was fun, I I didn't even pay attention to the rest of the game I wasn't going to get in anyway. That's that conversation. How did we get to that point? That's that conversation you should have had with parent and coach as – what kind of level of competition you have. Also, it's, see, it's seeing that player. It, it's in their eyes. It's in the. Let's think about the end. And I, just, I want to hear this quick. A loss can make you better, right? It can, you know, okay? So the Lakers won this year, right? Yeah. Did they win every game in the playoffs? No. So that's why it's a series. Mm-hmm. That's why it's a series. That's why you keep going. So you have people that are like, they're going to get swept by this person. I'm going to beat by this person. And they lost... I think the first two rounds, they lost the first game every time. So, typically, kids that don't like the smoke fold. NBA teams, they don't like the smoke fold. And they're done. And it's three, four games in a row, and it's over. And you're swept. The Lakers use it to fill it, fill it, fill it out. They're like, okay, we're going to fill this team out. We lost, and now we are going to fill it out. We're going to fill them out. Even in the last series. You know, everybody's like, oh, boy, here comes Miami. And Miami was really good at the game of things. But, you know, LeBron and AD and all those guys were like, we're going to figure this out. We're going to figure this out. And if you're able to figure it out and that smoke happens and you're going to figure it out and get through it, that is, a, that is a lesson. Go and do it. All right, and I'll ask you
0: this. What did Jimmy Butler do the day after they lost? What was he doing?
1: Oh, he was back in the gym.
0: He was back in the gym. He was getting better. He was reloading. So that's we're talking about, the smoke.
1: He, he didn't quit. He was in the gym. He didn't quit. He didn't get on Twitter, tell him out, it was the ref's fault. It was the coach's fault. It was because we are in a bubble. It's because the games are long. I'm tired, my knees hurt. He's like, I'm back in the gym.
0: That's why Miami was able to go through the East and beat teams that were on paper Better than they were. Yep. On paper, those teams are better than they were, but they were able to fight through because that's t- tenacity. They lose and they say, "All right, so we ain't gonna do this again." And they were able to be a buzz through the East for every team. They were a problem for every team that they faced. Um, Milwaukee. Who else? Milwaukee, Boston. Boston. They. They. You know, that's a resilient team. They just ran into a, a, a more a team that had a lot more going on for them, and they had a lot more weapons, and they had a lot more experience at that, you know, uh, I don't want to say across the board, but they had a lot of super deep uh, finals experience, and it, that makes a difference. It's hard to beat LeBron. Yeah. It's
1: always hard, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard to beat Jordan. It's always hard, hard to beat Kobe. It's hard to beat LeBron. You got three, four, you know, but I, they didn't back down.
0: So... That's what we're talking about, ducking the smoke. Uh, I think we're going to continue this conversation. We're going to take a quick pause for the cause, and we'll be back at you. Okay, y'all. We are back. Um, the next thing we want to jump into, because it kind of feeds into what we've been talking about uh, along the way, is turning losses into lessons. And so we, we've been talking about, um, you know, your Jimmy Butlers, your LeBrons. Uh, in the break, we are talking about Steph. We are talking about, you know, these players that stay in the gym. You know, for better or worse, James Harden stays in the gym. Every time you see him, he's debuting something that he's been spending all of his time, free time working on. You know, a new step or a new variation to, you know, to skirt the rules as close as possible um, without, getting a tra- without getting called for traveling and stuff. He studies that stuff. He studies the ref. He talks to the refs. He studies the rule book. And so he knows what he can do and what he's not able to do. And he practices it all the time. Um At that level, and you guys, and here's the thing: I think people get caught up in the glamour and glitz of you know, the NBA players' lifestyle. Those guys are in a highly, highly competitive position, even at the even at the top. Because look at, um, you know, the top players from five years ago. That's a completely different list in most places. You know, you're going to have your stalwarts, the ones that have always kind of stayed as their top, you know, in the top ten of the active players, but you know, you get into number seven, eight, and nine, those shift around pretty frequently. And so, um, you know, some players that were looked looked like, looked like world beaters, um, last couple of years might be looking not so world beaters. Now they're still in the top 1% of players to play on the face of the earth, but, um, the competition gets work. The competition gets uh, more fierce, and so um, you know, you look at, and I don't want to throw out names, but you look at like, um, you know, look at Isaiah Thomas. You know, um, you know, a couple injuries, um, some bad, some bad rehab, some um, things that just didn't go right, trying to play himself into shape and stuff like that, and he went from one of the hottest young prospects in the NBA to somebody that is uh, struggling on ro- struggling to make rosters and whatnot. And so it happens that quick is what I'm saying. And so um, it's highly competitive, but those players take those losses. They take playoff losses seriously, and they figure out what they can do to get better. Some watch tape, others hit the gym, some do both. Um, but the players that don't do anything to improve don't stick around that long.
1: Right, and I think in one part we probably didn't talk about is, not on, on top of that is, how do you redefine yourself and get your, not just get yourself better? That's so general, right? That's so you right. like get yourself better. Okay? And, yes, you want to get better. But did you discover yourself in that loss? Did you discover that maybe there was something I could have did better? And maybe that's going to be my go-to thing. Are you a good shot blocker? Are you good at that? Are you a good rebounder? Are you a good – do you typically do those things – how can I maximize that the next time I come out? You know what? Maybe I can get five blocks instead of two. Maybe I can get seven rebounds instead of three. You know, maybe I can score 30 instead of 20. I'd say the biggest lesson i is learn, learn to maximize what you did do good in that game. You know, maximize If you play a lot of minutes and you, you did good, then next time go out and do a little bit more. Do Do double what you did. Okay, get to do it. Give yourself some goals based off of that, and I think you, I think you'll be better. A lot of times, a coach will say, "We'll come back and we're gonna win it next time." Well, I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I'd hope every time you touch the floor or the field, you're trying to win the game. If you're kind of competitive, right? Like, so yeah, that's that's good advice. Cool. No one wants to lose all the time on purpose, but. Dig down to yourself and be like, maybe I can help my team a little bit more and contribute a little bit more by doing what I do very uh, well, even better, right? Even better. And so,
0: you know, it's it's learning how to take those lessons, how to take those losses, and figure out how to make them into lessons. And so now this comes where that self reflection stuff and look where the gaps are and look where somebody, you know, look, a player needs to have that level ability to look inside themselves. And and kind of see, okay, this is the area that didn't go right, or um, I didn't box out on the rebound, or I didn't play defense the way I needed to, and being able to have a a honest, clear, level headed uh, uh, viewpoint of the things that uh, contributed to the loss. I mean, let's be honest, you could look at look at a loss and say I've done everything perfectly, but that's not always. In most cases, that's not true. You know, there's some things that uh, a player does that can kind of contribute to a loss, and so it's being able to objectively look at that and say, "All right, so what do we do to, that contributed to it?" Right?
1: Am I am I on to something? Yeah, there? yeah. Just you you have to take responsibility for what you you know what you've done, and take responsibility for uh, how I'm going to get better. And if I'm if I if I claim to be a team player and I'm part of the team, how do I help the team next time? And I, I guess that's that's one of the weirdest things to me as as a as a player or as, you know, like, is how that's missing on some kids. It's missing, like, you, you know, where's your responsibility in this? You know, responsibility in this? Like, yeah, we lost as a team. Yeah, we did that. But, you know, do you think it's okay that we did lose? Right. Do you feel okay on your role? Were you, are you okay getting – 10 turnovers that game, were you okay with that? Because then I got a, I got a question, like, not only are you not wanting to smoke, now I'm thinking like, I don't know if you even like the sport at this point, you know, and that's really, really gonna hurt a competitive team if you don't figure that out.
0: And so that's where we're going into, um, and we're gonna, that's probably the next segment we're jumping into. Um, it's talking about exactly how to review a tape and kind of see those areas that need to be worked on where, you know, looking and saying, okay, That's okay. That was a turn. That was a bad turnover. That turnover resulted in points. You know, if you lost by two points and your turnover gave them two points, there it is. (laughs) You subtract that turnover, there's a good chance they wouldn't have scored those two points. And so, that's the kind of thing that we're talking about, where it's taking those opportunities to clearly, soberly evaluate what actually happened on the field, on the court. And so, this is where we talk about. Um, we talked about get uh, ducking the smoke. Now we're going to talk about getting out of your feelings. <laughs> yes, the loss sucks and it stings and you don't want to feel that. Now it's time to put that in a jar and say, okay, let's pull this loss apart and figure out what the next step is. As opposed to the woe is me, everything's wrong. Um, and parents kind of, I'll be honest with you, parents contribute to this too. A lot. They contribute to this in the car ride after the game. If you're, if you're a parent and you're sitting there complaining about how bad the ref screwed you over or coach didn't do X, Y, and Z, A, B, and C, or this other player didn't do this, and I can't understand why this other player didn't do this. Meanwhile, your kid turned the ball over six times, <laughs> and you're not even addressing that. Right. Uh, the biggest elephant in the room, you're contributing to this kid's um, inability to see what they did wrong. Am I? Uh, Let l- l- let's be frank here, Mo, I've seen a lot of people that will sit around and complain about everything, but what their kid did.
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent. Their kid's perfect. Yeah, They get they kid's perfect. And you know me being a, a a coach dad, you know coach dad. I and people tell you would never ever. And if you, you're lying if you do. I am so hard on my oldest and I'm like I'm not saying where I kick chairs like Bobby Knight or throw him down the ground like that too but my expectations are higher because he's around me obviously every single day and my expectations are higher so if there are things where he's walking down the court or kind of complaining to the refs or dropping his hands or body language I'm gonna be on, on him and so I hold them accountable. That doesn't happen for a lot of kids. A lot of kids are really, you know, parents are looking and they're saying they're just looking at the playing time. I've had had parents and I hope, I hope when we say stuff, you know, you're understanding what we're saying. We're trying to get to, we're trying to help people. But if you, you feel some kind of way, or you you think this is about you, then so be it, you know, so be it. it. I mean, like get out of your feelings, you know, I've had it where, um, a parent was worried about actually had timed the amount of minutes on a watch and wrote them out a notebook for three games and walked up to me after a, a game No one, to have a 24 hour rule and, and showed me and I entertained it because I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do it and I asked I said and I flipped it on him and I said, why well, I, I totaled up you know a certain amount It's like pretty good amount of minutes. I said, so now that I totaled this up. I'm not great at math. I use a calculator. I said, so within those minutes, what did they do? Right. Uh, well, uh, uh, and it was silent. This is a parent. This is silent. I'm like, so instead of worrying about, you know, the amount of time or what you felt and what you felt and how your feelings are, and what I said there is, the fact is there was time possibly for your kid to do something. I honestly, you get in for one minute in a basketball game. Mm -hmm. And 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 I seen it happen. One minute basketball game, and you should probably go as hard as you can. I've seen kids get three rebounds, couple threes, layups, steal. And I'm saying they're maximizing that one minute. You're coming to me with a a, my kid played twelve minutes in a game, and they didn't contribute. That's right there is gonna. That's just showing you you're not holding that kid accountable. You're just in your feelings because. Their ne- your neighbor who's on the team with them got more minutes, you think. Your neighbor uh, seemed to start the game, and you just instilled in your, your your child's head for the rest of their career, if you don't start, if you don't make a certain amount of points, if you don't do A, B, and C, coach must not like you, or and if, you're not going to get better. Or if you don't win. Oh, if you don't win, it's everyone's fault, but it's the yours. End, it's the end. Of, it's the end of the world because
0: my kid, you know, my kid or I didn't win. I, me, me, not the team, not everybody else. I didn't win. Um, and like I said, there's a there's a there's a line between where a kid is mad because they didn't win because you know, things outside of their control, but then there's also things that were totally in their control that didn't get executed the right way. Um, that contributed to the loss. And so what we're saying is, parents, you can help shape this by after a game. If your emotions are fired up, if you're, if everybody's emotions are inflamed, I think, and we have a 24-hour rule with our yeah. coaching, um, where don't talk, you know, if you're fired up, because coach is fired up too after a bad game, coach might be inflamed too. Right. 24 hours before we sit down to talk about the game. I think that that's something a parent can incorporate too. If everybody's all fired up about this game, let it cool.
1: Give a give it all a cooling off period. I I don't need I don't need ten different emails with complaints. Yeah, because we just didn't compete well. Yeah, (laughs) we didn't compete well because if we really broke it down to every player and all the team stats and those kind of things, there. It, it probably would make you be quiet, you know, because it's probably something that your kid could have done. So that's what I'm saying. I think that uh, the reality of it is
0: give yourself a cooling off period. If, if, if you can't sit back and say, OK, so what could we what were what, what opportunities did we have to get better? What are some things that didn't go right that we could have possibly changed? Um, if you can't calmly and rationally do that after the game, it might be time to give it a little bit of a cooling off period for you and your kid so that you guys can uh, sit down and have an honest conversation about, okay, it sucked, we lost, but well, how, how can we not do this again? I think that that's a natural thing that you can do. As a parent, I'm going to throw this out here and then I think uh, we're going to have to take, a, we're gonna take another break. I statements are huge. Encouraging your child to use I statements. I didn't get the rebound. I turned the ball over. I missed the shot. Is more impactful than he missed the shot. She didn't get the rebound. She didn't play defense. She didn't, you know, he didn't get that layup. You know, coach didn't do this. Coach didn't do that. I statements. That is the foundation of taking accountability and
1: getting better. Um... Briefly, Coach Mo, is that – am I on to something? No, like you're, you're, exactly, you're exactly where it's at. I mean, it's, it's – it's, it's you. It's you. All right. right. It's you. Um, I had to take responsibility of a coach if I don't adjust in a game. I, I I see a kid that's doing whatever, and I don't replace that kid. I don't sub him out. I don't. And if we lose because of me not doing it, that's I. I have to take that accountability. accountability. You have to do it as a parent, you have to do it as a player. Just start doing those eye statements. And I think, to be honest, it will start turning around a little bit for you. When you start taking a little bit of accountability for yourself, and you look, you see, and we talked about this last night at practice. I told one of the kids, like, when you're not in the game, look what everybody's doing. Well, they're on the floor diving, going for it, working hard. When you're in the game, do you do this? No, okay, so you're, 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 you're let them take you know responsibility holding yourself accountable for what they're doing right
0: so i think that's kind of i think that's uh we're gonna leave it there and then we're gonna uh have a couple more topics and then we're gonna wrap this thing up so we're gonna take a pause with calls and we'll be right back at you all right so we're sitting here talking about the virtues of almond joy uh candy bars and how they are um Trash. <laughs> like trash tier candy. Terrible. Trash tier candy.
1: My kids set me up and they left yeah. these on the counter. it's terrible. Yeah. yeah, almond joy. Almond joy. It, you guys are.
0: I'm a, my kids are on punishment for this. Uh, it's terrible. Almond joy, mounds, heath. Heath is trash tier candy. Milky Ways are possibly, objectively, the worst. Um,
1: terrible,
0: make number one. We're talking about candy bar class now. There are other classes, uh, and this is the kind of quality content that you get when you tune into our show. Um, trash tier is like mounds, almond joy, um, whatever those things are those peanut butter things that come in the taffy, the peanut uh, bu- and the black, and those are horrible garbage tier candy, and so, um, you know. I don't know who bu- who's buying these things to give them to people, but please stop, because nobody wants them.
1: It's all bad. And
0: then as parents, like on Halloween and stuff, they end up in our houses, and then we end up eating them because they're there. Because that's what you do when you become a parent. You just kind of graze. You don't really have a designated meal time, and sometimes you just graze on what's in front of you. And if the Mounds Bar is there in front of you, you're going to possibly graze on it, but it's poison. And it's bad. It's very bad candy. So, anyway, that's the kind of high-quality content you get with the Coach Mo (laughs) (laughs) Coach's Corner (laughs) podcast, us opining on candy. Um, We're going into um, reviewing game footage, and um, Coach Mo is going to kind of tell you the process that um, he he uses as a coach at Bellevue West. Um when it's time to review game footage and then we're gonna throw out some tips for you. Um the thing is I do want to throw this out there. We'll post this. We need questions, guys. If you have questions about basketball development or anything regarding athletic training or development, about getting faster, stronger, whether it's for basketball, not basketball related, uh if you're coaching, you have questions about different things, throw them our way. If we can answer them, we'll answer them. Um even if it's X's and O's stuff, we'll try to answer it. All right, um, but we, we leave the comment o- comments open for questions because we do want that kind of engagement. So, Coach Mo, what's your process
1: at, at Bellevue for reviewing footage? First of all, I don't start off by eating almond joys. <laughs> These are terrible, by the way. These are terrible, by the way. I I made a poor choice by taking eating almond joys. Um, again, my kids are grounded, so when you see them, tell them, you can't. Do anything this week. Obviously, mean, he just has to go to the games and play, and the only way he's gonna, you know, he's win all three, and then maybe I'll let him out. But anyway, um, it's process. I don't want to get it all, you know, go in depth. I give you the overall is, um, you take a game, uh, so you take it, you take film from a game, you, you they tape, um, different angles. Sometimes you have two, three cameras that do it, but you have one main tape, um. Uh, with our freshmen, we have the it's high tech now. You have like the iPad, and somebody sets it up, and you record the game from different angles. Um, myself, um, myself, and like Coach Heb, uh, Coach Owens, um, will go over that tape. When I mean, go over it. We we look for certain things. Um, we look at number one if the plays that we call were ran. Um, you know how disciplined, how many times you break those plays. Um who was hustling down the court, who wasn't, um, who, uh, who was engaged in the game the whole time and not worried about what Bomb was doing in the crowd or what the ref was doing in the crowd. Um, and just say who, who was able to finish, who were we able to trust when time came out, how many turnovers did the one we thought we could trust happen, and how was the body language. That, that to me, and, and, and Coach Hep would always, you know, Coach use uses the one that's up, um, doing yeah, doing stuff. He's he's he's, he's standing up doing it. Um, and Coach Owen really handles the bench stuff like that too. And as I do a little bit of both, I watch. And during the film, I'm watching when you're out of the game, are your eyes on the game? Are you when I call you in? Are were those kids ready to jump up and get to the table and get into the game? And were they paying attention? And you can see all of this in film. And so the the elephant in the room is. Parents, the coach is the easiest target, um, and I don't say this just because I'm a coach, but I'm a dad first. So I, 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 I actually sat. I get to sit in. So let me clarify some things. I don't coach soccer. I can do footwork for soccer players. That's what I, you know, do. I'm a speed agility coach. So I've been in the crowd. I have been a parent. I am not going to go blame the soccer coach if my kid is walking down the field. And my kid is laying, playing in the grass and rolling around in a circle and they are 13 years old. Right. That's not what that's my kid watching film. We get to see that. there. So parents, if you really want that film or you want us to talk about what is broken down in that film. You will get everything and more with those film sessions. So we watch it. We watch the games. We take notes. And then after that, we talk to each other and we say. In practice, we're going to either work rebounds more, we're going to work running the play more, a little bit of everything, cardio more, and so we can adjust and get ourselves better. But if we see something that's like a common theme from your player or yourself, they we're going to call you out. It might be once at first to kind of just give you a warning. Hey, we're watching. But it's a continued thing. It's Okay. This is why you're sitting down because now I've watched three tapes of three games and you're doing the exact same thing that we've tried to correct. And doing that is showing me you don't want to get better. You don't want, you don't like competition in a sense. You're just happy to wear the Jersey. You're the kid that gets on Instagram and does all types of filters and is like (laughs) sitting on the set with your boys throwing your hands up to how cool you are because you're a high school basketball player, not knowing to the world, the world doesn't does, does know you're not even getting on the court. Yeah. Nothing to do with ability. Sometimes just after you look at those films, is, are you going to fix your effort? Are you going to fix, are you going to run the play? Are you doing like that? That's what tape will expose with some kids. And either you're going to like what the coaches have to say after reviewing the tape, or you're going to not like it. And you're not going to improve. Uh,
0: the myth of visibility is, it hurts kids too because they think that being on Instagram and having somebody give you a bunch of likes is the same thing as getting noticed by some of these recruiters and stuff. And they're running back tape too, right. and they're seeing what oh he never got off he or she never got off the bench, but they have all this stuff on Instagram. Um, you know that that that's a telltale sign now. Um, The thing we want to throw out there is, um, if you want to, you know, really, realistically, um, camcorders are cheap, iPads aren't too expensive, and tripods aren't that expensive. Um, Typically, when I'm recording stuff, I'm recording stuff for us, or, you know, if I get... You know, it's I'm I'm looking very very I'm recording very specific things. I don't have enough storage or footage, I don't have enough uh, bandwidth to record an entire game um, right now. I mean, I can, but that's not what I'm there for. I'm not there to record the entire game. I'm there to get uh, our players at their best and capture the moments of a game that tell the story of a game. You know, if you you know if you're serious about it. Whether you're with our program or not, you know, you can always bring your own camcorder and set up a tripod at the end of the, you know, up in the bleachers and record it um, so that you can go over it. Um, Eventually, we're going to get that capacity where we might have a second cameraman who can focus on recording the entire game, but that's not what, and as a person who does all the marketing and stuff, unfortunately, I just don't have the time to do an entire game every single time. Uh, But as a parent, if you're there for all your kids' games, feel free. Bring a camcorder, bring an iPad, set it up, set it up on a tripod, and away you go. Um, We're going to start working that in eventually, but it's something we can't deliver consistently now. Can't deliver consistently. And if you can't record every single game, then you can't really record the progress. Now, um, the watching the footage thing back with your kids... That's important. And so, Coach Mo, what are some tips that you can throw to parents uh, to help re- – if they if they decide they want to take it upon themselves to get access to the game footage so that they can, you know, break down footage with their kids and talk to the coaches and have those conversations, what are some tips that you would have for parents to watch for when they're watching, reviewing tape with their kids?
1: I think one thing you can say uh, uh, the parent can do before they start is what is your role on the team? Um, you, 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 you talk about it a lot. Even in your, your mindset stuff when uh, Mr. Bryan comes to the – uh, Basketball Academy, talk about the mindset piece. of I it. Mean, like, what is your role on the team? So when I'm watching this film, you know, if your role is to be the lockdown defender and to take the best point guard and to hold that person under X amount of points, um, and I look at the tape and you're 10 feet off of that person and they they hit you for five three-pointers and you're getting five quick fouls, then... Your role was not met. Your role was not met, and so I can visually see after talking what your role is, hey son daughter, you're not doing the role that you said that you're supposed to doing. You're not playing. Cl-. What did coach say? Well, he said you know you'd be active hands and, and slide and don't cross my feet. I'm looking at ten plays in a row and you did everything but that. You know? So holding them accountable for the what they tell you. If that's their role, mm-hmm. if they're the three, the four, <laughs> the five they're supposed to be the post, they're supposed to do something and they're not doing it, hold them accountable for that. Also, one thing I look at like said, is look at effort. Effort and body language. So even tell them like, you know what? I, I know you're supposed to get the ball in these three situations where you're in the post calling for it but I also seen in the tape where you turned your back and you walked away from the team and just walked down the court. Um, you can see that on video, hold them accountable for that. Some of the stuff you may not know if you're not a high school coach or ever coach basketball or or, or, or track or football, whatever you're, you never coach those things, but everybody, I don't care if you don't play sport. If, uh, for example, um, I have family members that never played sports, Yeah. but they'll go to games. Can they tell a kid with a bad attitude or not? Yes. Yeah, they, they, you, you can tell a kid, no matter, I don't care if you didn't play or not, that's kicking in the air, that's last in the court and, and complaining to the refs. has nothing to do with your, your knowledge of sports that are there, and you can see that. And so when you're looking at this tape, what are they doing when things aren't going right? Right. What are they doing when the team is down? It's good. There's, a, there's a shout out um, my boy G uh, at Creighton Prep he comes to our our competitive open gyms he's uh-huh. a junior um, and G will tell you G will be the first one to tell you he's working on his craft he's learning how to shoot better he's learning how to get better and he is so positive and they're like he's probably like when he's on the bench, he's positive. He's waiting for the next game. He's waiting. He's on the edge of the seat. He's looking. He's clapping. He's high-fiving his team. And when he gets in, it's a hundred percent effort. Will a layup be missed now and then? Yes, because we're not human. But his effort, his energy, his eyes, and paying attention to the coach are what a recruiter or a coach loves. Mm-hmm. And they're being part of that team. They are. They're wanting to be there. He is like, I want to take the challenge. It goes back to the beginning. I want all the smoke. So, when you're reviewing this tape, you're like, wow. You might have had two points. Mm-hmm. But, man, but you were on the ground every time, son. Man, you were the first one back on defense. You were, I saw you high-fiving when you were on the bench there. You played three minutes of this game. And I could have sworn you in the whole time because I saw you all over this tape being engaged into the game. And that's what the tape, and the tape doesn't lie.
0: And I think a parent is empowered uh, to say, what were you supposed to be doing here? What was your job out there? Because the kid, if, they, if they're at a certain level, they should know what they're supposed to be doing out there. Now, if you're talking to a fourth grader who's never really played ball before, they're not going to have any concept. But if we're talking about seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth grader, they should be able to say, okay. This is what, you know, what are you what are you supposed to be doing out here? I'm supposed to play defense and get the rebound. Okay, on this series, um it looks like you lost track of your man and the ball hits you in the face when it came off the rim cuz you weren't ready for you weren't looking for the rebound. So you didn't do what you're supposed to do. How can how can we make that better? Well, I need to do what I'm supposed to do. Okay, you can't lose track of your man and you got to grab the you got to make sure you grab the rebound. Those kind of things apparent even if they don't have the, the basketball knowledge, they can honestly say, you can ask your kid for their input. What were you supposed to be doing right there? Well, I don't know. Okay, what are you supposed to be doing on the floor? When, what does coach tell you to do? What do they want from you? Well, they want me to keep the ball moving. Okay, so they want you to catch the ball. They want you to be moving around on offense and, and, and keep moving the ball around. Okay, then that's what you do. If you're standing flat-footed and not moving, and the offense comes to a screeching halt when the ball gets in your hands, you're not doing your job. You know, I'm not a great basketball mind, but at least I see enough footage where I can say, oh, this kid, he, he stalls out the offense. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is moving, everybody else is swinging the ball around, and the offense comes to a screeching halt when, this bo- when the ball hits his hands. So... That's the kind of stuff we're talking about is as a parent um, sitting down and honestly evaluating that footage and getting your kids in the habit of evaluating that footage so that they can have an honest perspective of what they're doing. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick pause for the cause and then we'll be back to wrap this thing up. Okay, so last segment, we're going to jump into this. Um, There's a saying that, you know, success is a process, not an event. Um, When I say, you know, I tell people I work with, clients I have or whatnot, that, you know, especially in business and marketing, um, an event is something that happens once. And it may have great outcomes for you, but it's a single event. We're talking about long-term sustained growth and development. We're talking about a process, a system that you put in place that creates those outcomes that you're looking for on a consistent basis. And so when we say success is a process, not an event, we're saying that success is really based on a series of actions that you take that create a successful person, not a single action that creates a successful person. That lottery mindset, that one time I'm going to go in here and hit the lotto kind of mindset has doomed more businesses and more people in general than anything we've ever seen. Um, Before a pandemic came down, I was big, you know, I was living at the gym, big in the lifting and stuff like that. Um, I was almost up to, you know, and this was my own personal goal to hit, uh, 400-pound bench press, uh, 500-pound squat, 600-pound deadlift. Those are numbers that I was working towards, and I was working towards them pretty well. It wasn't me going into the gym one time and having a great session And now I'm able to do that and start getting near those numbers that I wanted. It was a system of, it was ongoing, keeping track of things, um, making sure that I'm eating and sleeping and doing all the things that you're supposed to be doing to have the outcome that I wanted, the overall outcome. So when we say that losing games is part of the process of becoming a better player, if you run from the losses... If a loss sends you running for the hills, you are skipping out on a vital part of the process to become a better player. Whatever the level is. We're not saying that you have to like losing. We're not saying that it has to be an enjoyable feeling. We're saying that you, should, you shouldn't you should like it. But use that as fuel so that you don't have to repeat that feeling again. That's what we're talking about. And so when I say success is a process, that's what we're talking about. Um, you know, the event is your kid has a your kid has a big game and they they score a bunch of points that's an event now if they have a season of doing that now we're talking about a process mm-hmm. we're talking about something that uh, is sustained and what can we do to replicate this result next season and expand on it that's the process you know these players that are averaging you know in high school averaging in the 20s <laughs> they are impressed with, you know, one single big game from somebody. They're like, okay, so this 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 person snapped and had, you know, you know, thirty point game, but all the rest of the season they're averaging two points a game. Mm-hmm. They ain't impressed with that. The coaches aren't impressed with that either. They're saying, you know, they, they got that John Starks where they just show up, put up a bunch of points, and then go into go into witness protection for the next couple of months until it's time to go out and have a, another huge huge game um we're talking about sustained success right yep all right so when we say it's a process the losing part is the process so coach mo how can a parent use losing to build it into a process of winning does that make
1: sense yes and so what you you, you do it as is you take everything we've talked about today um you, you you subscribe to our podcast, by the way. <laughs> uh, you know, don't eat almond joy. <laughs> like, but you take everything we talked about today and it's a process. And the process and and, and uh, Coach has taught me this a lot is it's a it's a journey. It's gonna be a journey. So having these couple losses, having the big wins, having the close games, having the the clutch winning shots, those kind of things there are gonna be part of the gonna be part of the journey. Um you wanna to wanna to experience all of them at some point. The good, the bad, the high and as a parent, you wanna you wanna support these things, but you also wanna say you wanna hold them accountable. Like, it is okay that we got beat. Right. Did you give a hundred percent effort? Well, I think so. Well, we gotta fix that. Did you hundred percent effort? Yes, I did. Okay, let's look at the tape. Look at the tape, right? <sighs> I think he gave 75%. Why? Here, 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 here. So it's a positive. It's, it's, it can be a positive time. And this goes back to having that, having that conversation with your athlete, having these times to get better, and showing that you care. If you're doing these tapes for them, if you're having these conversations, if you're holding your kid accountable, you actually care more. I, I remember a long time ago, my grandma used to tell me that I I'm not your friend. Right. I'm your grandma. I'm not your friend. And I couldn't understand that when I was seven or six. Like, I like being with you. I like hanging out with you. I want to be at your house, man, too. And when I became a parent, that's when it became real to me. I was like, I'm not my kid's friend. I'm their dad. Or in my case, I'm their coach and their dad, you know? And you might not like me at this time because I have to hold you accountable to get through this process, this journey, Because you didn't do really well this game. Right. And it's not that you're not going to do well the next game, but I have to address it now, and I have to say something now so you'll keep growing from this loss. Right. You know, or you'll keep growing from your lack of effort. If I don't say anything, I actually stop the process. So, (sighs) and one of the things is, you know, I I use a lot of
0: driving analogies, if you guys haven't noticed. Um, You know, when you're a parent, you're teaching your kid how to drive, it's your duty to teach them the rules of the road, too. Mm-hmm. Because if you just teach them how to accelerate and decelerate, but you don't teach them how to the rules of the road and how to be a successful driver, what you're setting yourself up for is this. Um, you're giving them all the skills, but you're giving them the direction. And then they're going to go out and kill somebody on the road because they, you didn't tell them. Well, you have to drop this is the side of the road that we drive on in the US. (laughs) And this is what the speed limit sign means and this is what the stop sign means. And you know, in Nebraska apparently we don't really do yield signs. I don't know what that's about. (laughs) But you're not giving them the skills, you're not you're not teaching them how to apply their skills. And so that's kind of the same thing. You can you can teach the skills, but then you got to teach application of the skills and make sure that they're staying consistent with application of the skills. And that's one of the things that is a process. We joke about trust the process in Philly, with the Sixers, trust the process. And one of the things that happened in Philly was, um, you know, from an outsider's perspective, it looks like the process had some flaws in it. And they trusted the process so much that they never pulled the process apart and said, "Okay, here's what's working and here's what's not working, and let's get rid of the thing that's not working so that we can have something that's cohesive." Because they had good success relative to where they were, but there were mass there were massive gaps in that process that uh, installed some some negative things into that team, and now they're kind of they're kind of uh, reaping what they sowed on that end of it by not. Not only trusting the process, but evaluating the process to make sure it was working. And so, when we're saying this, the the tape review and uh, success of the process, we're talking about also evaluating the process to see what's working and see what's not working, and have honest conversations with yourself and the coach. Um, if it's not a fit on the team, if it's if it is a team fit thing, then have that conversation with the coach, because the coach. The coach probably can tell you it's a a fit issue, too. You know, they just don't – they like your kid, and they don't want to hurt your kid's feelings. (laughs) You know, they like you as a person. They don't want to hurt your feelings. Um, And some coaches are really black and white about, like, yeah, it's not a good fit, um, so we're going to have to cut them. Others, they're going to continue to give your kid a chance, even beyond where you think it should go as a parent. So that's where you check in and have those kind of conversations there, too. Um, So – that's what we're talking about with the, with the process. So not only is it important to have a process, a schedule of success, if you will, uh, it's important to evaluate that process. And this goes, you know, Mo, uh, I'm going to just throw this out there. This cuts across sports, life, fitness, business. You set the system in place to generate success. It is your job to check in on the system to make sure the system is generating the results you want. And if it's not, then you go back and figure out what's wrong with your system. But what you don't do is throw everything out and say, okay, well, I'm going to just wing it. <laughs> right. And I think, uh, especially when we're talking about the higher
1: levels of basketball development, which, we're, you know, our kids, you know, our starters are going to be high school players. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. They're, they're, no doubt. they're already, they, they, we know they are. And so... Um, you know, we don't have any doubt about that. Now it's a
0: matter of are they going to stick with the process that got them there and continue to develop it and fine-tune it to continue to give them good results? Or are they going to say, okay, I made it, so now I'm going to wing it. And some of them, some, averages, law of averages say it's probably going to happen with a couple. Mm-hmm. And so it's our job as, you know, Coach Mo, uh, me doing the marketing and, you know, having the, having the outside rapport with the kid and doing the business stuff. It's us, our job to kind of evaluate where it goes and make sure that the kid is kind of focused in on the process. So, um, like I said, it's a process, not an event. Success is a process. Um, Just having one good game or having one good practice or going to one good camp or being a good teammate that one time or hitting the clutch shot that wins the game one time (laughs) doesn't that isn't a replacement for consistently showing up and doing what you need to do. And also on the court, off the court, reviewing film, working on your game. Cause we think that falls by the wayside during the season. It's not enough. Just to go to practice. You need to be out working on your game outside of practice time. If you're not working on it physically, you need to be working on it mentally with mindset stuff. Um, and so there's a lot of different elements
1: in there. Am I right? Cosmo? Mo exactly. It, it's, it's a, it's a whole process. It, it starts, it starts when you want to, you know, when you think you're playing competitive, competitive basketball or competitive sports or select. Um, and yeah, it's how long you want to go. I mean, some kids, this may be it. You know, seventh, eighth grade, maybe, and it's fine, and then may be it. But if you're, if the journey wants to continue to high school, there's levels to it. There's levels to it. If you want to get to high school and beyond. You have to do these things. You have to continue to grow. It takes the parent. It takes a player. It takes a village. to. Right? we, say, You say that, but it takes all of us to get through that process. So that's what
0: we're talking about. Um, show up consistently. Make sure that you're constantly checking in with your kid. We're going to harp on that. But also understand that losing is part of the process, and it allows you to learn how to get better. So that's all we got for this week. Uh, we'll be back at you with a new episode next week. Um, anything
1: you want to add, Coach Mel? No. Um, again, we we thank you guys for um, all the support. Um, just personally, um, the tryout training kids. Um, you guys have done great. Uh, shout out to the kids that are going to be trying out for high schools here in our um, our Omaha, Bellevue, Miller um, uh, school systems. Our high school kids. It's you are looking at mid-November. I know Bellevue is and uh, some other ones. Uh, be ready, what we've worked on. You guys uh, take some of that and learn it. Um, again, that's part of the process that we talked to today. So shout out to those kids. Um, shout out to uh, some of our, our, our kids that won some uh, uh, T-shirts. We got Alec and Ami, one uh, part of the rebounding squad and – uh, Ricky Lofton, uh, Omaha South, um, who got our Hustle, our first Hustle squad shirt. Um, Ricky's one to definitely look out for. Um, wow. He's been advised to a lot of camps. Um, got a lot of uh, little b- buzz going on. Uh, does it the right way. Plays both sides of court. Leadership can hold himself accountable. And he's, he's one of these kids that is okay with, coach me. Let me know what I did wrong. Let me fix it. It's a journey. It's a process. And I get it. So shout out to him um, and his parents for uh, trusting us with those things there. Um, and just lastly, man, I've been doing this a long time. Uh, we do this. We we you know we care about the kids. We do it right. Any service that you have questions about, send us a message. Anything you uh, want to get involved in, let us know. Like Brian said, any subject, any topic, anything you want like, to send it to us. A closed, a closed mouth never gets fed. We will never know what you guys want or what you need if you don't say anything. But we're here. We want to answer as many questions as we can. Yep. So, CoachMoAthletics at gmail.com.
0: Um, we got Basketball Academy um, and one-on-one training. It's on the front page of the website. You just got to scroll down. But we have those posted. Um, contact us for details at that email address I provided. Um, we're still looking for sponsors. We need sponsors for these teams, guys. These kids are really ready and chomping at the bit, but we need a sponsor to help out with offset some of the cost of uh, tournaments throughout the year and other things. Um, it's a fantastic opportunity get you some radio time on with us. Um, you'll get a chance to come on and plug your business or service. Um, but then also um, you get, you know, your, your brand travels with our team. And so that's really what it is. We'll put you on the website. We'll put you on all kinds of other things. And so we want to we're, – we're looking for partners, people that are looking to sponsor our teams because that's what we need. So
1: um, that's what we got. Um, Coach Mo, do you have anything else? That's it, man. Uh, uh, we appreciate you guys. Uh, we made it to Episode 10. We're in the double digits, so it means we're doing something well. So <laughs> that's all we got. Um, leave any
0: questions. Um, you can submit them to – CoachMoAthletics at gmail.com or leave them in the comments section of this vi- of this uh, post uh, whenever you see it, and we'll try to answer them on the air. So it's Mo and Brian. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. Peace.